Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, I got to tell you, I love to hear Oh Holy Night. And to not only hear all of you, but to hear Betsy and to hear it, that's just incredible. And in a few minutes, we'll sing another carol, probably the best known of all Christmas carols, Silent Night, Holy Night. And, and interestingly, if you, if you kind of take a moment and notice, both of those carols in the title say, Holy Night. Holy. The word holy is, is probably not in most of our daily vocabularies. We don't go to work and say, man, that was a holy good job you did. And yet it sits at the center of two of the most significant Christmas carols that we sing. The earliest, simplest meaning of holy is different. Different. When we talk about God being holy, we mean he is different. He is unlike anything or anyone else that we can imagine. Now, sometimes it's also helpful to think about, if we're trying to get a hold of a word or a concept, to think about its opposite. And the opposite of holy is common, common. And as we come to better understand God and his character, we start to grasp that he is anything but common in our world today. He is so different. But do we grasp just how different God really is? Think about it. As we understand, there is nothing impossible for him. There, there's no, nothing that can limit him, nothing he cannot do. In fact, to create everything that there is, the Bible says he merely spoke creation into existence. He didn't sit down and work on it. He didn't lay out a plan. He didn't get help from others. He simply spoke and creation came into being. He's a God who knows what each one of us is doing in every moment, he, and, and, and even knows our thoughts. And not just for a couple of us or a few of us at a time, but for every single soul on this planet, on this night, and any night, over seven billion souls. You, you, you know, you, you can never say to God, hey God, did you ever hear the one about? Because he did. <laughs> He's always heard. There were some children lined up in a Christian lunch cafeteria and, and at the head of the table is a large pile of apples, and one of the teachers had made a note that said, take only one, God is watching. And as I went through the line, at the end of the line was a big stack of chocolate chip cookies, and one of the boys had handwritten a note, take all you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> well, of course, that sounds great in theory, but in reality... We can't keep secrets from God. There's nothing, no, there's no hiding anything from him where he won't see it or he won't know about it. He's everywhere, including here, but he's also in our homes. He's, he's in our cars. He's at work before we get there. He's at the hospital, at the cemetery, on the battlefield, on the football field. He is in our boss's office. He's in our office. He's at the hotel and, and everywhere else. There is no place that he is not. And so you can't play hide and seek with God or wonder if he saw what you did the other day or last week. 
Because he was there. His very nature defines goodness. He's, he's never been tempted to do anything wrong. He always knows what the right and best thing is. He never tempts us to do wrong. He is the essence of goodness and righteousness. The Bible also says God is love. Yet for most of us, when we hear that word today, we're, we're drawn to romance as a picture that comes through the media, that comes that's most clear to us. But his love is typically talked about as being unconditional. In other words, unchanged by moods or feelings or disappointments or surprises. So uncommon for today. It's a love that accepts each one of us for who we are and works sacrificially for our good in every circumstance, in every moment. He is so different from us. And so it's no wonder we call him holy, a holy God. But, but if he is holy, what makes this night holy? What makes it not common? What makes it different from all the other nights? The Bible tries to help us understand because it tells us that something happened on that night, unlike any other night before or since, an angel explained it to, to young Mary, the mother of Jesus. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. The Apostle John tried to come at it from a different way. He said, the word which is another way of talking about who God is and what he's about. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Somehow on this night, the holy God came to earth to be, as it says in both the Old and New Testaments, our Emmanuel, God with us, God on our side, God in flesh and blood. He was in all places at once. And suddenly he finds himself confined to, to a body not even two feet long, maybe, maybe weighing seven or eight pounds. A God who spoke the universe into existence cannot even raise his head by himself. A God who knew everything on that first night, could only squeak out an unintelligible cry. He sacrificed more, more than we can imagine to become one of us. The Apostle Paul tried to grasp it in Philippians. He said, though he, Christ Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being, something that we all know, that we all have experienced. When he appeared in, humble, in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I mean, I try to think of this as, would I, would I give up my life, would I become an ant for the sake to help some ants? Because we have to recognize how much greater, more awe-inspiring God is compared to us to begin to even grasp the enormity of this night and what Christ did for us. The very act of emptying oneself, as the, that scripture says, and giving up divine privileges. 
in itself is enough to make it a night unlike any other, to realize how uncommon, how different it is. But his purpose behind his action took it even further, making this night holy like no other before or since. C.S. Lewis said, the Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Colossians chapter one in the New Testament. For God the Father has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and holds all creation across billions of light years together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Listen to that. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, what we would call sin. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he's brought you into his presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. None of this is possible apart from Jesus Christ. And and so much of the Bible seeks to make clear just how great and awesome all Jesus did for you. And it all began on a night like this 2,000 years ago. Now, you may be tempted to tune me out, to shrug your shoulders, to dismiss it. But I believe this night is so much more than, than I can even explain. I mean... Quite honestly, I get, I get frustrated when I even try to talk about it because I, I, I feel like I keep coming up short. I keep, I keep falling far short of what this glory and this awesomeness is. I, I, I can't make the distinctions clear enough. I can't make the point plain enough. I can't speak well enough to do justice to what God did in Christ on that first Christmas or what he fulfilled on the cross 33 years later, or what he's doing today in the lives of those who are still seeking him. All the power of God present in Jesus to reconcile us, to forgive us, to even make us holy, to make us different, uncommon in this world, through his spirit transforming us, that somehow we could become holy, 
I mean, I can't wrap my mind around it. I mean, it just it seems like too much. My, there's no feeling that goes with it that's sufficient. Yet, what we can do, even as we try to grasp a mystery that's beyond words, is we can celebrate. Celebrate what is going on. Not explain, but experience. But what makes it even harder to grasp is the why of it all. What makes it so different, so uncommon, so holy, is that God did this because he loves you. He loves me. And yeah, he knows the things we've done. He knows the ways I've screwed up. He knows my sins. He knows how far I fall short. And you. And folks who aren't even considering being in a church. And yet he still loves them, loves you, loves us, and did this for us. In 1 John, it says, all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them. And they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, more accepting of others and working for their good sacrificially. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. We love each other because he loved us first. I mean, that kind of unconditional, uncommon love blows my mind. God would become and endure 33 years as flesh and blood. He would suffer. He would die on a cross. When he was the only one who'd done nothing wrong, he did it all for us because he loves us. He loves you. It is the love that defines relationship, and especially an eternal one with him. It's not religion. It's not a set of rules. That kind of love is is so holy, so precious. I don't know about you, but it leads me to to commit my life to him forever, to, to seek him, to follow him, to learn from him, to serve him, to love others, to sacrifice for the sake of others, for his purposes. Because even though it's everything I can do, It is the least that I can do for what he's done for you and me. I mean, his love makes this night holy in ways that that just blow me away, that I I, I just, I can't even even fully grasp. And in welcoming him into my life, he, he somehow begins to make me holy, make me uncommon, make me different, so that love increasingly characterizes all that I do and all that other followers of Jesus do. It's the, it's the ultimate paradox, a holy God doing all that for a common, even sinful me. Yet amazingly, his goal is to love me, to love you, and make us holy, make us different, make us unlike the world around him. And all you have to do is look at the news and ask yourself, is that the world I want? Is that the kind of way I want to live? Or do I want something better? And by his grace, through the power of his spirit, he works to do that in us so that, that his love 
becomes the love I live and give more and more every day to make me holy so that so that, that love can make a difference through us to our world. There, there's, there's no laws. There, there's no army that ultimately can change human hearts. Only the love of God. If you want to see a different world, you don't start at the top. You start by loving one person at a time. Loving the person next to you because God has loved you. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This night is holy because the holy love of God for you and for me became flesh and blood. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.